Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Today we have a guest, 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 guest. You want to say your name? This is Aisha. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. <laughs> Duh. We know it because it's our podcast. Okay, sorry. I'm and just we saying. are joined today uh, by Kensel, who has been regaling us with stories before the camera came on. So you better give us that same level of. <laughs> we want that same energy. Keep that same energy, <laughs> fam. Energy for this next. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, go ahead. I guess look so nice. I had to go and change my outfit because I look crazy and Aww. everybody else look nice. <laughs> you do. You look really nice. Thank you. you too. Um, so. Tell us your story, how you got to, to where you are now, what you do, and how yes, you got sir. into it. Well, I started in real estate because uh, every time I read an autobiography or a biography, um, it had real estate in, in it, you know? And there, what made me start reading was my mom. Not that she put a book in my face or nothing. Uh, growing up in Louisiana, uh, during the summers, uh, when I was out of school, or even like on Saturdays, she would kick me out of the house and say, go find something to do. And that was more or less playing in the backyard or something, but it was hot. So we had a library that wasn't far from the house. So I would jump on my bike and go to the library really to get out of the heat. Yeah. So I started reading books and reading books. And that's where I really got the, the love for reading. And then someone, it was a teacher told me that if anything of importance they want to hide it from us is in a book. Like any, true. anybody, you know? So, uh, that's what I start seeing that. And I said, like, okay, well, fast forward. Uh, my brother and I started various companies and then uh, some of the people that we talked to he was in real estate and then i just started remembering what i would read like okay real estate is the way to go so before real estate was cool we were doing it <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I started off with uh single family rentals first um as a lot of people do and then i um sold off all of those and then start doing just apartments okay. oh very cool so what size are you like small multifamily, medium size, larger units. We started off with small multifamily. Now we have medium sized multifamily, but now we're trying to go big. Like okay. we, we're looking for twenty five hundred, two hundred units right now. Tell our audience the difference between a small and medium multifamily. Well, a small multifamily would be something that a lot of people talk about house hacking, where you live in one and then rent out the other three. So it'd be like a four unit multifamily. Medium size would probably be eight or ten, you know, in one spot, and then. Okay. Bigger is bigger. Very cool. So y'all are in the Houston market. Yes. But you're from Louisiana. From Louisiana. So yes. how long have you been here? Well, it's going to be almost two years we've been here. We oh, just so you just got here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So oh. all of the property that you own, is it in Louisiana? Yes, okay. they're all in, in Louisiana. And y'all have any here? Not yet, no. Okay, but yeah. looking. So oh, where in Louisiana look. are you from and where do you invest? We are from Church Point and Opelousas area. We've invest anywhere within my South family's Louisiana. from Opelousas. Okay, on my, on my mom's dad's. So. Oh, okay. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So anywhere in Southwest Louisiana, we pretty much we don't try to go North Louisiana, but I mean we open the deals anywhere. I mean, <laughs> we'll create management somewhere. <laughs> okay. So is it on? So we're on the Management Real Estate Podcast. Are you the one who does all of the real estate? Does your wife have any kind of involvement in it? What does that look like? Um, I do like maybe ninety five percent of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my wife she she does have input. She's good with um, spreadsheets and Excel spreadsheets and all that. You know, all that jazz. She's she's good with that. And she likes to pick colors. She <laughs> she, she, she loves to pick colors. Typical, my wife don't pick a color. Typical, typical. My wife don't pick a color. No. No. 
some people so whenever people hear that we do real estate everybody's like oh so does he the builder and you do the design no whenever people come to see the houses that are built they go oh Aisha what made you pick this I didn't <laughs> I don't I don't I don't do any of those things what she does is have all the big ideas um, yeah. so we wouldn't build nothing we wouldn't do I'd work a job I'd keep it basic because I just love building uh-huh. but she was really the mastermind behind us investing and knowing what we could do and right. saying hey here's the information like your mom she gave me all the books say hey right. I'm reading this you read this da 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 go do that and right. that's how we got into investing gotcha. yeah. but he has gotcha. a great design eye um, so anything that we have built and put together, which I'm looking to take that out of his hands, um, <laughs> but he's really good at it, but he has a great design. Eye, so the designs come together really well. Right. Um, what about, so do y'all renovate, y'all buy and renovate? Or yes, we new? buy, we haven't built new yet, but if we do, we know who to call. <laughs> 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 we haven't built new yet. Uh, we usually, we call it buy crappy, uh, crappy in the happy. So we buy something that needs sometimes a whole gut out, sometimes just just cosmetic. But uh, of course, you make money whenever you buy. So we buy, you know, um, pennies on the dollar a lot of times. Yeah. And, you know, we put money into them, make them nice, new and fresh. And then uh, we just rent them out. And I usually just squeeze them tight and just I, I don't sell nothing. But like the apartments, but the homes, I sold them. Because, you know, we had five homes here, you know, three homes there, you know, four homes. And it just going all over, uh, calling contracts to go all over too much versus when you have eight properties in one spot, yeah. you call them to that one spot and get it done and get out of there. Yeah. So how many units do you have now and how many we, units do you want to trade up to? Right now we have 18 and there isn't a number I want to trade up to. I don't. I'm, I'm going to buy until I die. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying until I'm dying. I That's love it. Sure. I love I'm it. I'm not stopping. It's not like, oh, I get this many doors. I'm going to be fine. No, no. Buy until I'm dying. It's okay. funny. I told somebody that when we probably two or three years in the real estate and somebody asked like, oh, well, you know, they're doing this now. They're trading Bitcoin. And then I said, I, I do real estate. I say, when you done, said and gone, doing what you're yes, doing, we're going to be in real estate. Yes, and I indeed. said, rain, sleet, <laughs> snow, we're going to be in real estate. And that's how I feel because it's, it's tried and true. That's it. They ain't making no more dirt. Nope. It works. People always got to have a place to stay. And that works for us. So, you know. It's interesting because when we first started envisioning what we wanted to do, we had a goal for how many doors? 65 doors. 65 doors. Kevin had this whole equation for 65 doors. 65 doors equaled $19,200 a month. Okay. See, there was a number. Um, and he was like, we do 19200 every Then we never have to work again. Nothing else. Um, but we were single family investing at the time. Too. Oh, God. Yeah. And it, yeah. You know. Yeah. So we bought 30 single family doors. Well, some were small. We bought one five unit, one duplex, uh, two commercial building, and the rest were single family. Gotcha. And in the process of buying those 30 doors, I realized that owning 65 doors <laughs> was not the bee's news. No. I was like, oh, this is inefficient to sell. We had a guy, crazy story. So we were, we bought this big, package of properties in Beaumont. So we were getting like tagged left and right. So there was some young guys broken in one of the houses that hadn't been renovated yet, got power turned on to it, set up a table, start serving crack in the driveway. Uh, we had to do like a sting operation, be on the phone with Beaumont PD, oh sending everybody goodness. to jail. Uh, big hurricane hit. 
Thankfully, all the properties were uh, on pier and beam, so nothing flooded. Just a little bit of water got on like one of the garages. Anyway, right before the pandemic, we were able to sell off the entire portfolio. Oof. So right. we bought all this stuff. We had Airbnbs, single family rentals, and then this big package, and it was a mess. Man. So we were able to get out of all that. And now I tell Aisha, I said, you know, other than you know, stuff that we build, maybe we keep one or two here and there, like we're about to build a triplex that we're going to keep. And then um, other than that, it's only bigger units, man. I'm yeah. not I'm not even messing with it. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's the whole idea. My initial goal was to make $30,416.67 a month. You multiply that times 12. Y'all and these exact ass numbers. <laughs> if you multiply based on what you want to live that's like. That's it. Like what you want your life to be. <laughs> you, you multiply <laughs> that times 12, you come out to $365,004. So my story was, was that the four cents were going to go to one cent for my wife and one cent for each one of my kids because I have three. Then 365 was for me. My wife told me you're going up in divorce court with you 365. So I had to change that number. <laughs> I had to include everybody. But yeah, that was my initial number. I wanted to make a thousand dollars a day. Okay. So, and you know, it's like, like, well, okay. I had a few people say that that's too small. Like you better think bigger yeah. because I don't want to ever stop buying. Like, you know, what's yeah. crazy. You got to buy to realize that you, don't want to ever you you that have to go to a level to realize it's not enough no because people tell you and you think it's enough correct until you get into it, you go oh this ain't and as you get smarter and you learn how to do deals you go well all this work that it took to buy this one yes I could, man i never understood that i would hear people say that like the same amount of energy it takes you to buy this four unit yeah. it'll take you to buy this 50 unit yeah yeah and i'm like it's no way yeah no, I mean, it's honestly the same thing in business. And as we pivoted our business, we sold all that and really focused on building our home building company. For us, the business became just as important investment as the real estate. Gotcha. And what we realized is, and it's, it's like you with the trucking business, which you can talk a little bit to that too. But for us, what we realized is if I want to make $20,000 a month, I have a business that can give me that. Correct. I don't even need the 65 doors. And Correct. then I can use that money to invest in stabilized properties. Right. Well, I have to do all that work. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the trucking part is what helped me get into real estate. But the trucking thing, that's my brother. He's like, hey, I tell anybody, and I'm going to say it live, on, not live, but I'll say it on, on this podcast. If anyone comes with the same background as my little brother and like with no connections, cause it was, it was his vision for the trucking company. And we started off with just his vision and so a little money in our pocket and started it. That isn't a person his age with his background that knows trucking more than him. I hmm. don't care who it is. I, I put him against anybody. He really, before trucking was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's important that you say that. Before trucking, before was, trucking cool. was cool, yeah. this truck, guy. Trucking only been popping for like 18 months. Right. Been right. Before you're a truck driver, like, oh my goodness. No, I remember he has always wanted to be a truck driver. Really? I mean, I'm telling you, he has always so wanted he to must be a truck driver. Is he married? Yeah, he's he's married now. Oh, because I'm about to say all the girls want a truck <laughs> You got a truck. I'm a truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was like my dad always drove. Well, my dad worked on a farm and then my dad always drove trucks. So my uncles drove trucks and all that. So he always saw those trucks. I always wanted to be a businessman. Had no clue what I was going to do now. Really? I for, I'm serious. I forgot. And being a businessman. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the story. Uh, and then uh, one of my friends that I went to school with. She, um, she, her and my wife are friends, and uh, she said, Kelsey, you remember you went to school in, in uh, fifth grade? I with the briefcase. 
I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, I did. I had an aunt that was in the military. She came back home, her and my uncle, and they had a little briefcase, a little small, and she said I could have it. I just put all my stuff in it, walk around the house with it and stuff. What they asked for career day, this is in grade school, like fifth, sixth grade, like what do you want to be when you grow up? So they're like, come to school dressed like what you want to be to grow up. Why well, I went to school with some slacks and my briefcase. <laughs> the problem is, is that my uncle, who is uh, my mom's younger brother, he bet me. He said, bet you 10 bucks you can't go to school the whole week with that briefcase. That is the hardest $10 I ever made. Because we lived like I walked to school. Yeah. So you had to carry the briefcase the whole I had to carry the briefcase and walk with all my friends and get teased. <laughs> Going to school, at school, coming back for five days. That was the hardest thing I was ever made, but I stuck with it, and he paid me, now too. Now, look, I, <laughs> I had my briefcase time. I sold candy at school, and I used to carry it in, like, a, a briefcase-style thing. But I always had money, though. Like, that was the thing. I'd go to Sam's, and I'd buy a bunch of candy uh -huh. wholesale, and then I'd sell it out retail. Yeah. So I always had money, but then I ended up running the school stores in my high school. What? I ran both the school stores. What? And I did that my junior and senior year, so... I was like, that nigga. Yeah. Business. You're the school store guy. <laughs> I had money. I had an office on campus. What? And I knew everybody anyway. And it wasn't a big school, but literally everybody knew I did well, that's business. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You know what I think people might want to know? When you first started investing in apartments or even single family, how did you, how did you invest? Where'd you get your funds? The first thing I did was that... Um, um, I, I'm a firm believer re, re, um, relationships will get you in rooms that money won't. Okay. Mm. So true. me growing up in the town I grew up in, uh, the investor, he's now 90 years old. He saw me grow up. So he had this abandoned fourplex and um, I was so nervous to ask him. He owned a finance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I went to him. I asked him to own a finance. He said, yeah, I'll do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Really? Yeah, just like that. I'm like, because I'm thinking, you know, him older, he didn't even know what owner finance was. Well, you know, yeah, I'll do that. He said, just just draw the paperwork. So I bought the fourplex and um, an adjacent um, one bedroom. So I paid for closing costs and all that. I'll pay him every month. Every month I'll pay him. And I use funds. So far, we've used all of our own money. We haven't used, we haven't had any investors but we're starting to use we we want to use investors on our next deals. Uh so I've only I've always funded them with our own money. So I'm driving the truck, you know, I'm uh at the time my brother and I, I we had cattle, so I'm you know, basically like uh like my wife would say I was stealing from Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> so we did that for a couple of So you've months. never had a job job. Yeah, I had a job job, man. What was your job job? Well, I was driving truck. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a job for somebody. Else. Oh yeah, I was. I was in the all field. Yeah. yeah, and all and all that type of stuff. I was in law enforcement. All that. So yeah, I was. I, I did okay. all that. So, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind. Take us all the way back. Out of high school, what did you do? And oh. then from high school to when did you? Oh, out of high school. Real estate. Yeah, out of high school, I was like everybody's first job more likely McDonald's. So okay. I was there. I worked like odd jobs here and there. And then I went into uh, law enforcement for a little while and I left law enforcement and then I was in the oil field and just, just working odd jobs. Like kind of, uh, as I tell my kids, I was just meandering through life yeah. because I knew I wanted to do something greater. My biggest thing was that I didn't want to make someone else rich. And mm. my last job that I worked in the oil field 
for some crazy reason, I was able to see all of the owners every day because they actually worked in the company. And it didn't really bother me because, you know, they were a good group of guys to work for. Mm -hmm. But it's still like subconsciously did bother me because I'm like, this is a great company, great guys. But man, I'm still making them rich. You know, I'm still I'm not making myself wealthy, you know, and um, a few of the owners I talked to them about building wealth and they just opened the book to them. It was like, hey, this is what you do. No, don't do this. Don't do that. And then um, I was laid off uh, just because of the economy. You know, I was laid off. And then uh, I was like, I was forced to go drive the truck. So then that's whenever I, I ended up getting my CDO in three weeks. Oh man. <laughs> three weeks. And uh, we did, I did third party testing. Uh, you can't even do that anymore. Uh, so I ended up getting my license and then I was just using the funds. I was running all week, barely seeing my family because I would work all week on the weekend, go work on the building. You know, I went to YouTube University, learned a lot of that stuff. You probably wouldn't appreciate that because you, <laughs> you're, you're a, a, a great builder with all these credentials and I'm I mean, straight but YouTube I, University. Hey man, you got but it done. before oh, yeah. YouTube, there were books. Yeah, right. Like right, I, yeah. I have, this going to make me sound old, but I have like literally hard, periodicals like, oh, like books <laughs> on how to put everything together like what? every single aspect of a house and i have volumes of it if you look at my bookshelf in my office you can see my whole career there because i started studying i wanted to be a builder since i was 12 so i used to study Ooh, like i got a story about that check that up this is so crazy all right i went i went to uh i, I attended the middle school so the middle school's here, and then the first building, the first apartment complex I bought is here. Mm. One day I was working in there, and I'm just working. I start thinking about our counselor, Miss Misho. I don't know if she's still alive, but Miss Misho, we had to take an aptitude test. The aptitude test said I should be a carpenter. Hmm. And I wish I could get my hands on it. Said I should be a carpenter, and I'm like, man, who? You know, how do you become well to be a carpenter? And I told the story. To my wife, Val, and that's what she told me. It's hard for you to be what you can't see. They had like a handful of carpenters that looked like me mm -hmm. and they were successful, but like now I know they were successful, yeah. but they didn't have the big old company truck. They didn't have the uh. decals everywhere, but they were really successful. They still are to this day. Yeah. So it's like, I always like building stuff. I used to, um, I was, I, I built stuff when I was younger. Like we had horses and stuff. So me and my brother, and my dad would build stalls and, you know, mm. horse stalls and all that. And none of them fell. So we obviously knew what we were doing. But, uh, but yeah, that's cool that you just went off I the mean, book. Representation is important. When I was younger, my father would take me in the houses that they were building River Oaks. Ah, okay. And be like, this is what you do. Right. And I mean, I just caught the bug. Man, that's like cool. it's, it's all I've ever wanted. It's, it's funny because I don't, I can't see anything else. Got you. Like, it's that clear. And it's funny, even now with our son, I tell him, like, you're a builder, you're whatever. I, like, pour it into right, him. Right, Because yeah. I want him to get it. So right. I bought him all his stuff, like his mat, his pajamas, all heavy equipment. Let's go. Let's it's go. It's all heavy construction stuff. And I do that because I want him to get that same spark. Gotcha. So when we drive by a construction site, he's like, it's like my book. He's like, whatever. He's like, can I drive it? Can I, you know, whatever. I want him to feel as passionate about it because right. – I've had a great life of loving what I do every day. Gotcha. Yeah. And if I can give that to him, that's the best gift I can ever right, give. Right, right. I appreciate you sharing, like, the backstory, right? Because we listen to interviews and podcasts and, you know, clickbait internet, and we hear about people's success in real estate. Like, you have a pretty decent portfolio. I'm impressed. I want one. 
Um, <laughs> um, but what we don't hear is like where you started, oh, and what good. else you did before you got there. And so the internet makes, you know, us in real estate look really sexy, but we hardly ever get to hear what? the part about, I worked at, you know, McDonald's and then I did this and then right. I made somebody else wealthy. And then I got right. this owner finance. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because we were talking to, um, a girl who works for us and she was saying how she wanted to buy a fourplex and a, and an eight unit, and I was like, okay, well, you need to go to rural Louisiana. Where you go? <laughs> okay, I was like, where are you gonna get the money? You know, she was like, oh, you know, these owners, they just they want to get rid of them, and so they just, you know, they'll let me on. You can own a finance, and I'm like, where they at? <laughs> it's like, not in the major market. Two, um, if that's the case, you don't think somebody with a whole bunch of money is just gonna say, hey, guy, I could just take this off yeah. your hands as opposed to just owner financing? And so when I heard your owner finance story, I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like what. Um, she wants to do but then also how realistic is that right. for everybody right and that's true i've so far i've done three already yeah it, it wasn't the the first one i've done three and it's just talking like just speaking relationship to that's it Ew. i mean we're doing owner finance doing right owner, now no i'm not saying that owner financing isn't available i want people to understand like it's relationship based you can't Correct. just walk up to somebody oh yeah, and yeah. Say, hey, right sure, and it's also a tool based on education you yes. have to know what it is and yes. how to apply it yes because sometimes the numbers don't make sense don't make sense but if you know how to use it it's as powerful as a tool as traditional finance correct yeah 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 no that that is so true we, so, we got to get your wife on the podcast and yes, have sir. you guys come back and tell the couple story. Yeah. But we appreciated hearing your story today. And we definitely, um, I know, I know you guys do social media and stuff, right? Yeah. Instagram on Facebook, Instagram go. is, uh, Kinsel Joseph, uh, K E N C I L, uh, underscore Joseph. There we go. There on we Instagram. Go. And I need to start posting more of the journey because I think I have like 20 posts. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right in that middle of a millennial. And I think my daughter said a Gen X, one of them. And it's like. When were you born? Where you were you born? 84. Oh, no, you're a millennial. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're a whole last millennial. <laughs> yeah, we had this debate last year. Yeah, because Breon's the oldest millennial. At 81. At 81. Yeah, 84. So it's, it's like from I want to 81. Post up. Uh, what's the board say? 81 to uh, 96. 96. And I want to post stuff. I don't want to post stuff. So yeah. I'm going to start posting more stuff of, you know, like just the nastiness of like yeah. real estate to the pretty. So we I'm going to start posting it. that. We love to see Oh, it. I have a lot. Well, now, thank you. We look forward to having you yes, and uh, your wife on the podcast yes. again. And uh, this has been the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe and smash that like button. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.